it's Wednesday night, and that means it's time for... Football? Bloody hell! Yes, it's time for the Three Valleys Radio Football Podcast. And amongst our guests tonight, we've got Mr Paul Thorpe. And Tommy White's here. Rick Hyatt's back. I'm here again. And we've got a special guest. Yes, we're very honoured to have the Derby County manager, Paul Warren. So sit back and enjoy a bit of good old football banter. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome again to Football Bloody Hell. And I'd first of all better introduce you to my guests. First of all, we've got the first of our two Pauls, Paul Thorpe. Hello, Paul. Good evening, everyone. Hope you're all well. Glad you could get back in time from Spain. What a life no he leads, eh? Anything uh, for you, darling. And then we've got another Paul. We've got Paul Warren, the manager of Derby County, with us again. Hi, Paul. Hi, everyone. Oh, very modest. Um, <laughs> Rick's here. You all right, Rick? Yeah, not so bad, thank you. Evening, everyone. How far did you get out today? Uh, three miles today. Oh, so. oh bloody hell. Um, and finally, Tom White, ex Town. Hi, Tom. Hello, evening, everyone, listeners, fellas, panels. And, of course, I'm here as well, and I'm, I'm master of ceremonies today, which is going to make it a bit difficult, because uh, poor old Hilda, she's, he's off on some work do or something. I'm not sure what it is, but <laughs> whatever it is, it's not. he's not here anyway. So uh, there we go. Anyway, let me just get my... Oh, I've lost them now. Anyway, carry on. Um, so, where should we start? Well, I suppose we'd better start with uh, good old Yeovil Town, who uh, managed to be going quite well, and then suddenly it all went wrong. Um, Thorpey, what did you make of it? I know you were over in Spain, but you must have caught up on the game in yeah. some way or not. So, so, what I've heard is they, they, they played extremely well, um, and the scoreline doesn't reflect... And the fans that I've spoken to said missed two great opportunities to, to, to basically win the game, and then got sucker punched. And um, once they scored the second, they just sort of like just hit them so hard they just couldn't regain any momentum. And uh, then obviously like they they went and uh, and and scored uh, the, the extra goals. Like so, so disappointing. Um, but uh, obviously, I, I'm sort of like. I'm disappointed, obviously, but then, then when you're sort of like getting a performance where they possibly could have been, you know, out of sight and a, with a bit more ruthlessness, which we talk about in football in, the, in both boxes, you know. Um, but I, I think that they're, I think slowly, listen, it's a free hit against uh, against Notts County because we're not expected to win. So in that respect, that's that, that that's the, you know, that, that, that we've lost the game. But the performance suggests that, that, um, we are getting there slowly, and uh, that the progression that Mark is trying to get as a manager is uh, is showing that we can produce the performances that are required. 
Well, apparently, so I've been led to understand, I didn't go to the game either, but uh, Mark Cooper certainly had a plan. And the way he put it, he, he was he was extremely pleased with the way the, the team performed um, because apparently they obviously did everything that was asked of them except at the end. And I was just surprised how he could be quite so enthusiastic about it when you've been beaten 4-1. I know it was one, one all up until about 84 minutes, but... Paul, you're a manager. Would you be a bit disappointed if you were one one at eighty four minutes and lost four one? Well, I would be. Obviously, no manager's going to be cock a hoop. But in, in, if I'd have watched the game, if Yeovil would have played really well, and in fairness, Notts County is smashing every team they play. The yeah. best team in the league by uh, not a country mile. It's them and Wrexham, really, isn't it? So. Um, but if you played really well and the lads I've just seen that they've conceded the penalty to go 2-1 down with a few minutes to go and then obviously to score conceding the 94th and the 96th don't really count for anything so you probably throw in the kitchen sink a little bit like uh, Aston Villa throwing everyone forward for their corner when they're losing to Arsenal and they break down the other end and score yeah. like managers don't yeah. get grumpy about that I reckon in the last few minutes of the game the over were probably throwing everything forward with a bit of abandonment because they'd lost the game. You've got to go for it. So if it ends up 4-1 or 3-1 or 2-1, it's still a defeat. So, um, And by what you've said, previous to me, they played quite well. And against a team, that is a free hit. It's probably a good performance. And as a manager, you don't want to come out and criticise your team all the time. So you've got another game in a few days' time. So you want to try and take as many positives as you can. So, yeah, maybe if the performance was really good, but they conceded two... 94, 96, it's not the worst day I would have thought. Mm. No, I think the fans are actually not saying they couldn't believe Jamie Record missed a header from literally, you know, sort of like five yards. So uh, if that go, you know, which is, which is normally... What was, the, what was fair, the score then? I, I believe we were level then, so that would have put us in front, Mark. Ooh. So, um, so yeah. that, that was the key point, you know, they said, in fact, they'd gone in, you know, the dynamics of the game would have been a completely different. Listen... If you lose a game as a footballer, you're gutted, aren't you? You don't want to lose a football game. But sometimes you know, when you look back in hindsight at the performance, then you can take the positives out of it. And that still gives you the confidence going into the next game. And I think when you do a, a performance against either Wrexham or Notts County this season, who are the two top flight teams and really pushing and making it exciting at the top of this, this, uh, this league, then I think that that's the big positive they can take from it. Tom, what do you think? Yeah, no, I 100% agree with the lads. I think, like you said, it's, it's the manner of um, of your performance. The thing I think you've got to be conscious of as well is, is, is getting the consistency, so keeping that performance level up consistently. So in the next few games, um, like I said, it, although they've lost the game, they were in it for the majority of the game. And like I said, you've got to take the, the positive side of the game. And like I said, if you can produce that performance more often than not, then you will probably win games more often than not. And obviously, it's just instilling that into the lads to give them the confidence that they can play at that level. Um, they would have been up for it, obviously, knowing they're playing Notts County. They probably had a decent crowd. Um, you know, So it's, it's getting themselves up uh, for every single game, not just the big games. Mm. Rick, what do you think, old dog? Well, there's not a lot more to say, is there really? Mm. Um, obviously, if Jamie Record scores, and by all accounts, Yoba were on top at that point and you go with 85 minutes gone and you're 2-1 uh, up the defending's going to be slightly different to what it's going to be by the sounds of it in uh, the 90th minute and the 94th minute and the 96th minute when you're, when you're conceding goals then you've got every, all hands to the pump and you've got something to hang on to so 
it's classic yoga, isn't it? Over the last season and a half, you've got to try and take out of the game what you can and turn it around for the game against Maidenhead uh, tomorrow night. If they play like they did, by all accounts, then mm. uh, that's a really important game. Maidenhead only a couple places above them in the league. You put in that sort of performance in that game and you get the win. And it's so frustrating with Yeovil. It's just like <laughs> the performances are good and they always seem to be one result away from capitalising on that and then maybe going on a run where you're you get what you deserve out of games instead of turning around and getting what looks like a hammering when, in fact, it wasn't. Yeah, well, certainly... The other thing... Sorry, sorry yeah, just go jumping on. in. Sorry, I think the other thing as well is Notts County's striker, Macaulay Long, uh, Langstaff, you know, he's he's the first player this season to hit 30 goals. And, you know, Yeovil Town, unfortunately, haven't got that uh, that person to, to you know, hit a, a good 20, 25 goals, 30 goals. You know, and um, that, that's the difference between the ruthlessness of a, you know, a top flight team at our level and somebody who's trying to rebuild a squad, you know, and, and build something that, for the future, especially with a, a low budget. You know, you got, when you, you know, Paul will tell you and, and uh, anybody tell you, like, you know, when you've got that budget, you know, it's, it's, it's a big difference and you can get those style of players in. They've got that Rodriguez as well, who, who loads of league clubs are looking at. The, the lad who scored mm. the penalty, he, he's some talent as well. So they have got... I mean, yeah. your team's only as good as your forward line, and their forward line is right up there. So they're scoring goals and causing problems. So well, they're not, probably they're not, not, not a for shock. no reason, are they? No, exactly. But they're a good side. So, you just, again, you just got to take the positives. I know it's, it's like a broken record, but... The thing is that Yeovil do have positives at the moment, so just hang on to those and try oh, and build yeah. on it. And one of those positives was apparently Morgan Williams virtually snuffed out this guy, Rodriguez. He did get a penalty, I think, didn't he? But other than that, the, the, the word I heard was that he, he absolutely he kept him absolutely under lock and key. So, you know, that's a positive. But a negative, I suppose, from, from Mark Cooper's point of view, he only had four on the bench, which I presume is because of injuries. Because he wouldn't go into mm. a game without if he had them. So, you know, that sort of the squad's quite big, but it's obviously needs to be made a little bit bit bigger. Yeah. You know, it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? But um there we go. But um there's another little bit of news about Yo, well, I suspect some of you have heard that there's a a load of land has been designated now, possibly for two hundred and fifty new houses around the stadium, which must mean that South Somerset District Council are, well, taking advantage of the situation that they've uh, they've just bought the land. I guess. What do you make of that, Tom? Well, yeah, funny enough, like um, Dave Jones obviously lives in in Bristol now, but Davy Jones Jr. and uh, Harry Turner in particular have been sort of keeping their eye on, you know, what what exactly the deals were going to be and and stuff. And I think that was obviously the plan for uh, that land. Um, I just don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard it. You've just broke it to me, to be honest, Harry. So I'm not quite sure what exactly um, the deal is there. But so who, whose is it? Is it the councils with someone? They've given permission? Because obviously well, there'll be a lot of social housing in 250. They haven't applied for planning permission yet, apparently. And I'm not particularly au fait on um, local council laws, etc. But they have applied for a certain... Um, consultations with with interested parties, and that's all they've said, really. But um, so I'm not totally au fait with all that. But, but the club, the, the club going to benefit 
how are the club going to benefit from this, or is it owners? What, well, what do I don't think the club are going to benefit, are they, at the moment? Because they don't, um, they don't own the land, right. do they, anymore? Well, that's what I mean. This is what I mean. It's it's all been a bit, you know, it's not very um, transparent, has it? All this, all these dealings. So I think everyone's. Mm. Well, I am a bit lost with it, unless you've been paying a lot of attention to it. I'm a bit lost with it all. It just seems ludicrous, really, that the club have lost it. Yeah, there should have been clauses. Should have been clauses in there where that shouldn't, shouldn't have been able to happen. And apparently, so have the club have the club sold the the ground and that to the council? That's what's happened, has it? All the they, land? No, they've sold everything to the. As I understand it, they've sold everything to the council, and they're renting back the stadium and the club. I think that's the the deal. So yeah, okay, okay. And apparently, they where quite, the houses going then? Which side are the houses going? All the way around, I gathered. But so the, the just, top two so just fields in, for sure. I, just jumping in, I've actually seen the plans. The plans are obviously in the car park at the back, go yeah, all yeah. the way around to to take up where the two uh, playing pitches are. So they lose oh. the actual pitches as well. Wow. And the, the actual back, the actual back of the stand, the away away stand. Yeah. Uh, I believe becomes a hotel. Hmm. Wow. So um, there, there are quite substantial. Now, I can't believe the club won't get something from all that. Exactly. There yeah. must have been a clause in there. If, if uh, this guy, if this guy is as, as, as um, uh, well, I, I choose my will, will <laughs> Well, apparently that they had first option to buy the land back. Um, at a certain time, this was to get rid of the covenants, as yeah. far as I'm aware, and that would then allow um, them to, to move on and progress on. Now, if they've just if he's just sold them the land for them to do what they want, and absolutely right, why would you not go and put 250 houses on there? Um, but I would have thought there'd have been a clause in there somewhere. I can't believe oh, these be. guys come down all this way, done all that hard work, and then just give away a deal like that and, and then to lose it straight away, I think that would be uh, quite um, quite something. But I suppose you need to differentiate between the club and uh, the previous owner of the club, as it were. Well... I think that's yeah, the only well, thing that they don't... Maybe that's the only thing they don't own, the, the actual football league well, National League in this case now, club, you know, because they have to, don't they have to buy this special share or something to get in the Football League and what have you? Do you know what I mean? There's, there's some sort of a silver share they have or something in there that each... each um... Yeah, I'm not I'm not 100% sure on that, I'm afraid. No, no I'm not well, either, but, uh, but it, you know, I can't believe <clears throat> that Mr Priestnell's not going to get something out of it, for sure, but... Um... Well, absolutely. You know. But that's not the club, is it? <laughs> well, it is the club. No, exactly. You know, I mean, depends which way you look at it. Mm. Mm. No, it's, it's so it's it's all a little bit uh, it's all a little bit worrying. That's for certain. And you know, there's still talk, an awful lot of talk going on that there's there are talks going on about selling the club in the background. But they they said they were going to release it in six weeks. I think. Well, it's certainly gone past the six weeks to, uh, deadline. So I don't know. We 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 guess that we just got to. We just got to sit and wait, haven't we? Really? But... Yeah. Fanning, bloody hell! <laughs> yeah. All <laughs> yeah. new podcast. That's, that's the next one, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> 8 p.m. Planning, bloody hell! <laughs> 
Nice one, old dog. Nice one. <laughs> anyway, let, let's let's move on to football in general. Um, I've got a whole load of stuff down here, which um, maybe we'll start with agents' fees. Paul, I'm hoping you can help us on this. We we had some discussions okay. about um, maybe about two two three weeks ago. We were talking about um, agents' fees. I was trying to get um, Aaron Davis on because he's a an agent. <clears throat> can you in any way? Uh, throw any light on how these agents can justify some of the fees that they seem to walk away with? Uh, I can't justify it. It's a little bit like having a gun to your head, really. Um, as in, you meet the player, uh, and even more so, even more so over the last few years, it's got even more intense. You can't meet the player unless you go through the agent. Uh, if you do know the player and you speak to him they're virtually terrified of their agents and go look you have to speak to their agent first warning because you know speak to their agent and he'll organize it so they have them on a, a a tight leash so to speak so you have to go through the agent you you agree a deal with the agent so to speak and then obviously the agent fees come into the conversation now some clubs and i've managed two different clubs some sorry some agents won't even speak to you if you don't pay a certain percentage now, let's just say player A has a choice between signing for Notts County and Yeovil. Both teams are prepared to pay him £1,000 a week. The player would rather come to Yeovil, but uh, at Notts County, they pay the agent 7.5%, and at Yeovil, they pay the agent 5% um, yeah, fee. There's a very good chance that the agent will persuade him to go to the one with the biggest fee. And the, the sad reality is, at times the agent holds all the cards. So I've got players currently and I've had players where they've got a year and a half left of their deal. The lads are quite keen on signing a new deal, but the agent isn't. The agent wants to go into the summer with a year left because they know they can earn more money. Um, so the agents run it. And unfortunately, if you're not prepared to pay the fee, you don't get the player. And um, obviously some clubs pay astronomical fees and... Uh, may not pay better wages than you or be a better club than you, but the the agent will definitely push the player in that direction. So I've seen loads of skullduggery, in all fairness, and lost out on players because we haven't been... A, I've never worked at a club who pays 10%, which there are few clubs that do it for desperate things. So if you're after a centre-forward and they're like rocking horse poo, and the agent says, look, he's only coming to you if you pay 10%, and you're like, oh, my God, it's like a... Does a principle become an obstacle? You're happy to pay 5%. Are you going to pay the extra 20 grand just to get that player? Knowing that if you don't get that player, you might have to spend an extra 50 grand on wages to get a lesser player. And unfortunately, that's that's like going to play poker and you don't, you know, they have the three aces or whatever before you start. So that's really what happens. They, they, they can control it. And um, so you sort of dance to their tune a little bit, which is frustrating. But no, Paul, is there like no duty of care towards the player? Is it literally financial and that's it? Because obviously there's... There you know, when when you're thinking that... They get the sorry? full picture. Sorry, the player, get, sorry, the player probably doesn't get the full picture, mate, because the agent will be nah. you know, no, selfish. Yeah, the um, player won't even know that, that he's, no, he's going nah. to 10%. I mean, I got, told, I got told a story once off a manager that said he was signing this player... Uh, and the player wanted, I think it was something like two and a half thousand pound a week, and uh, the agent's fees were something like thirty grand or something crazy. So that everything was getting done, and then um, 
the agent didn't bring the player in. So in the end, the agent said, look, I'll tell you what, I'll get the player to sign for two grand a week, but my fee will be an extra eight grand or whatever. So he actually got his play on. So the club benefited because they, overall it was a less amount. Yeah. But the agent actually took more fee and got his player less money. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so, and in fairness, in every trade, there's, you know, skullduggery, isn't there? So I'm not saying that human nature doesn't, you know, it's not just football agents. There's some really good ones out there who try their, their butt yeah. off and, and do the right thing. But unfortunately, there are ones that, that are the opposite end of the scale. Is is there not some sort of a like a trade body or uh, you know that 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 has some sort yeah. of um, overall control over all agents? I mean, you not have to sort of register with a, not like a union. Yeah, I think salary, you do, but... and you, yeah, you, you, yeah, you probably do. But like, if, if if it was now me and you, and I was the agent, and you were the owner of the football club or the manager, the only people who know that conversation took place are me and you. That's it, isn't it? Mm. It's no mm. different to a, a drug deal on the side of a street, is it? So. It's not like every conversation you have is, yeah, probably the same, if not worse. But it's not every conversation you have is, you know, dictated and signed off and you agree to this, you agree to that. There's complete transparency with the player. And and that's why I always try and get, as soon as I speak to an agent, I try and get the player's number straight away and try and sell him the dream Hmm. and try and get him on side and try and meet him as soon as I can so that the player falls in love with the idea of playing at whichever club I'm at. Uh, before we start talking money, because then sometimes it can just go completely south. Mind you, I have got blacked out wet windows on the car, so that does make it a lot easier in in the street, you know, <laughs> when you're doing the drug yeah. deals, you know. But, um... <laughs> Plus, also as a player, you want to you want to speak to the manager. You want to see what his his uh, his dreams are. You want to see what his way forward mm. for that. Yeah, I mean, you do, you do, yeah, you do, you do get to speak to him. I mean, I, I'm not saying it like that. I'm just saying that when it comes to the finances. The players don't, no one's comfortable about talking about wages. If you go and see your, whatever job you have, you don't want to sit in front of your boss and go, I think I deserve this and that. It's, a, yeah. it's like for English people, talking money is a bit crass, isn't it? So, and yeah. players aren't clever enough to get into conversation with me. I'm like Carol Vorderman when it comes to money. So they're just like, oh, I'll leave that to the agent. I'll leave that to the agent, Gaffer. I just want to speak to you about how you see me playing, where do you see me playing, how do we train, how do you, you know, they want all that. And then, they just run from the scene of the crime, let their agent do all the deals. And then um, I've had a couple who recently turned me down who were courage- not courageous, but were good kids who phoned me up and said, look, thanks ever so much for your interest, but I'm going to sign at this club for this reason. And it's fair enough. But but the whole finance thing really is the agent's, um, you know, web. I mean, yeah. how has it got to the stage now? I mean, put it this way, difficult question probably, but... Out of all the agents, and I don't know how many there are, if you had to hazard a guess as to the percentage of agents that were, if you like, honourable, should we call it that, um, what, what sort of percentage do you reckon it would be? Is it is it high one way or the other? Ooh, uh, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't say it's more than 50%. Mm, that's, that's worrying in itself. And, and, it? and, the, and the sad thing is as well, I find it morally uh, corrupt, and I do get it, everyone's trying to make a living, so it's a bit difficult to be this... Uh, but without being disingenuous about it, that you get sometimes you get like a 36 year old player who's been at the club for a few years. I was one myself, and you don't need an agent to renegotiate your deal because there's nothing to renegotiate. You might be, you know, you might be at Steve and he'd say on 800 quid a week, and you're 36, and they offer you another year, and your agent gets involved, and you've got to end up paying him 
for your for his services, but they're only going to offer you eight hundred quid a week again. That they're the things yeah. that irritate me. Is this taking money off players when you know you've had them through their good years? I just <clears> think that, but there are some agents who completely waver that. So, in fairness, it's probably yeah, it's probably about a fifty-fifty split. I've come across. I think they should be um, those meetings. I don't know. This you know might might sound um, I don't know too too um, too transparent for everyone, but. Like in in my industry now, and four people notice, if you go to like let's say quite a, a biggish meeting, like a, a free start meeting, you have someone takes the minutes of that meeting. Yeah. Now, for the player's mm. purpose, could they not yeah. have somewhere take the minutes, and then the player can see the conversation that the agent and the chairman have had, and then yeah. you know there, there's 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 no argument about whether he's been corrupt or not or what or is yeah. it yeah 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 you could do, transcript but... of what's been said. You could do, but let's just say you're an agent and I'm a manager. Yeah. Uh, and and I phone you up and say, well, I want to sign um, John Fashionu. I love him. I, I'm going to sign John Fashionu. How about it? And you go, okay, Warnie, well, we, I reckon we can come down and have a chat. We'll come and meet you next week. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah, no worries. And, and you say, all right, what fees do you pay? Well, they vary. Well, before I drive all the way down to Norwich, wherever you live, what fees do you pay? Well, we pay 5%. Okay, well, no, we'll, we'll see you on the second lap because we're not coming for 5%. And that's it. There's no. There's not going to be any, yeah. you know, you got transcript that to that conversation. He no. just won't even no. entertain you. So, the same yeah, reality. The, so different players. So could an agent have different percentages depending on the player that he has? Because at the end of the day, a negotiation, the person in the position of the power is the person who has the, the product. Yeah, yeah. Someone wants. So would a, yeah. would an agent change his percentage depending on if he's got a striker who nobody wants? Would he need to reduce his? percentage to try and get him a deal somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, really, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I think so. But in fairness, like like most most clubs want to pay about 3%. That's the dream. Yeah. Most pay 5. Some yeah. go to 7 and a half, some go to 10 if they're desperate. And with any business deal, you're right, the more cards you hold the better. So if you yeah. if you had a striker who's on a free this January who yeah. all the championship clubs wanted, never you been could literally uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He suddenly yeah. turns into Ibrahimovic when he's there's yeah. only one of them. But and then, and then they all of a sudden they have more than three aces. They got the whole shebang. So yeah, yeah it, it does depend. And in fairness, in the summer you might get you might get players who are out of contract where the agent um, um, asks you to you know, even pay for the lad to come and stay in a hotel while they're on trial. Yeah, and might waiver their fee. And especially yeah. with younger players, they think, well, I'm going to have them for 15 years. So I, I do yeah. get it. They've got yeah. to make a living. So, and they do work hard, but it's just sometimes yeah. it's on the side yeah. of... And that's fair. Like, that's, that's fair. Yeah. They can earn a living. But like you said, with, with that other deal, then that's just corrupt. And, you know, you're doing a player out of money. And, you know, we've all been there as players. And, you know, I'm, I'm 47 now, but I remember my first negotiation at Bristol Rovers with a, a local businessman. I didn't have a clue what I was getting involved with. You know what I mean? First two deals I just signed without even negotiating. The third one, you know, I, I wanted to buy a house and stuff like that. And, you know, you had to negotiate. And I, I felt under massive pressure at like 21 yeah. to try and negotiate with a full... Yeah, it's not easy, is it? No, no. It's not so easy. It's, not easy. And it's, hard, it's hard to sell yourself as well, isn't it? You know, if I was your agent, it'd be easy for me yeah. to bounce in and go, what a player. If you don't want yeah. him, it's up to you. But what a player can do this, this and this. Yeah. When you talk about yourself, it's not easy, is it? You're going, well, I'm quite good. Well, you're not that good, are you? Well, you're right, yeah. I'm not that good. You know, it isn't yeah. easy. And in fairness, yeah. if I could sign you for a grand a week, if you had an agent, but if you came course, in on your own, I could sign you for 500. <laughs> yeah. If I could sign you for 500 quid a week, if you came in on your own, yeah. 
Yeah. Football clubs are a business. They're not going to want to pay budget, you yeah. a grand. If they, can, if they can get away with 500 quid, why would they? Yeah. So they need yeah. the players need agents. I, I get yeah. that. But yeah. it's just the fact that, unfortunately, there's a few yeah. who put their own pocket in front of players' careers, yeah. which I find uh, disappointing. Yeah, if you're, if just you're... as a, as a sorry, Ad, yeah. it's a question to to Ricky in a minute because um, he's oh, been no. listening to that. Yeah, and it, it, it's, it's, I, I'm really interested in this fact that you're you're a, you're a Man United. Well, you Ad as well. You're both Man United fans. You know, as regards to agents' fees, don't you think that the amount of money you're spending? I mean, Liverpool's was seven, a couple of years ago was something like seventy odd million. Do you, do you not feel that your your as a fan you're losing out or your club is losing out because of the immense amount of money that's going to these agents that you can't put into your team? It depends, I suppose, on the player and what you get out of them. I mean, you can, the the sort of agents' fees that United have paid over the last decade with um, Mr. Woodward in charge, you've not got a fair return on that because you've not got the players. If you're paying a massive agents' fee but you're getting a decent player out of it. It's a necessary evil, I would imagine. But when you're desperately chasing and you've got someone like Woodward who knows nothing about football, he's gonna agent's gonna see him coming a mile away and the club end up getting very frustrating. I think all players should do what Mbappe does and have his mum do it. But don't you feel I mean, don't you it, feel as a don't you feel as a supporter like you're 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 like being held to ransom in a way as a yeah, as a fan absolutely. because absolutely. and does that not you do you not feel that also puts the price of the ticket up because you you know they've yeah. got to spend more money on agents fees no doubt it it does. At, at, at the time of the deal you think it's a good deal do you know what I mean when you're potentially signing a player for mega millions you you think I mean most of the signings made have made you you know you look at them you think oh like Di Maria I thought he would be a good signing mm. yes. I be wise after the event. Class for Arsenal, wasn't he? He was class. But he was already. But can, I ask you, can I ask you this then? Can I ask you this? What about Casemiro? Who would on here would have paid that money no. and say the agent was oh, five million? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I would have because of his age. But as a player, he, he, he has literally, I yeah, think, exactly. not single handedly, yeah. but him and Rashford are like yeah. a joke. But, yeah, and, and that's the thing. Yeah. I, and, and I just think with agents' fees and players' fees and Wages. You yeah, just have yeah. to look at it as, as, as one yeah. entity. So yeah. Casemiro might have cost United eighty-five million. Is he value for money if the team are winning every week? As a United yeah. fan, I think he is. I think yeah. he is. However, if yeah, he was surely, a flop, it's a big flop. Surely yeah. the difference with Apple is the fact that now, I mean, it, trying not to be too much Captain Hindsight, but now you've got someone like Ten Hag making the decisions, as opposed to the knowledge of Ed Woodward. Personally, now, if Ten Hag wants a player, then you you move heaven and earth to get the player that he wants. But the way that United have just chased star names over the last decade has been yeah. shocking. There's not been any structure to yeah. it. Yeah, and it's, it's been like been a, 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 case a of... rubbish, a rubbish Galacticos, isn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah, 
It's mm. second rate Galactico that will sell a few shirts yeah. in Singapore, but it's going to give you nothing on the pitch. Whereas now yeah. you've got a manager in place. I mean, he has been the best signing United have made since Alex Ferguson. Mm. What he's done with that squad that's not his squad. So then you yeah. look at it and you think moving forward, should he be in a you've got to back the back the bloke and give him the money to get the players he wants in. And then what yeah. the sky's gonna be the limit with it moving forward, because he's only got what, three players in that were his players? So yeah. if he gets a whole team that's structured the way he wants it to be, then it looks good going forward. But it's not been the way that United have done business in the past, unfortunately. Mm. And poor old Casemiro, he's only on 300 grand a week, which is 15.6 million a I year. But uh, I hate so. to admit it, he's worth every penny though. So, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, especially when Martial's on like 250 grand a week. Uh, well, no. that's the difference, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> Tony Marshall, he's getting paid to sit at home and watch football. Mm. So he's not even getting paid to play, is it? He's never. I'm sure, I'm sure he wants to be playing now. Yeah, yeah, they all want to be playing, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's not his fault. I'm going to stick up for the injured crew. <laughs> I spent years injured. But talking of, of, of the United, uh, on the uh, sports news tonight, I see that uh, uh, Liverpool are now backing, backtracking because, uh, well, I, I think they're, they're backtracking because nobody wants to buy them, frankly. But, um, you know, takeovers are all the rage at the moment. But that's what the John Henry is saying. I didn't. He's sort of saying I didn't necessarily say we were going to sell it, um, and there's no hurry. Everything's just tickety boo for the moment. We're going to carry on. Well, I don't know. What do you make of that? Well, in fairness, I think you know the way their season's gone, they're not worth what he was probably hoping they might have been worth. Because no. you know, Champions League's looking unlikely unless they win it. Um, but that's looking unlikely. So the value that's that takes. They were saying on radio three or four hundred million pounds off your uh, price straight away, not qualifying for the Champions League. So, mm. you know, that's going to have made a hell of a difference for anyone looking to, to buy them. I dare say he's right. I expect he was just testing the market to see if someone wanted to pay stupid money for it and he probably would have cashed in on it. But yeah. if they're not, then he's probably happy to, to stay in charge. What do you think, Thorpe? I mean, you're a Liverpool man. Uh, yeah, yeah, I totally agree with what Tom said. You know, um, Probably, like you say, he's probably tried the market and nothing's happening. So wait until they're starting to be a bit more prosperous and then he might try the market again and see, you know, see what, uh, you know, Arab country wants to buy Liverpool. Well, I was going to come so, or, to... Or maybe see which Qatarian wants to buy him next time because like, he couldn't get, you know, he couldn't get Man United. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just a bit, a bit farcical for me. Talking of Qatar, Paul, um, What's start, what's mate. your as as a, a you know <laughs> that's Thorpe I was on about to start with. All oh, right, oh, okay. Obviously, <laughs> you're under pressure now. Obviously, you're you're not a Man United supporter, but from from an outsider's point of view, and and yeah. try try not to be jealous. Who would you sell to? From I mean, I know we've only got two basically at the moment. There might be more, but uh, who would you go to of the two? Uh, not not Qatar. I think that. Um... It's it's an unknown quantity. We we're not sure that he says he's a Man United fan since he, he was young and you know. But uh, I think that the other deal for for you as a club does look a little bit more genuine. Um, I'm sorry to go back to the old stuff again, but you know, like the way Qatari uh, as a country got the World Cup to me stinks. I think the way that they've 
built the structures and what it's cost them. I think um, it, it is just crazy. Um, the way the people have been treated is, is not acceptable. And I think that the governing body, um, I think there's a lot of backhanders going on, and I don't, I don't like it. The way FIFA should, you know, should be going into it, thinking about it, should be a lot, a lot better. As regards to your club, I would go down the other avenue, and I'd be, a, if I was a supporter, I'd be a, a damn sight happier if the Qatari one didn't succeed. Yeah, well, I, I know Rick's view on this one. There's not much point in asking him, and you know, I, I tend to agree. I, I would soon know. No, let, let, let's see him have a bit of a rant. Go on, like no. Ricky hey, rants. Go on, Rick. A gentleman it's in quite condition, mate. I shouldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't be ranting. Uh, the, thing, the thing, I just, everybody knows my position on the whole Qatari situation. But the one thing I would say, whoever run United do not need a sugar daddy. If the club, the club generates enough money as it is, what it needs is somebody in charge who's going to spend that money on the club, within the club, and spend it properly and not take dividends out of it. United don't yeah. need a sugar daddy. They generate enough money. What they do need is somebody who's going to run the club properly. And yeah, you know, I think I think that this is one because Paul Paul's running a, a the most amazing football club in, in Derby with great history, you know, which was mismanaged in a terrible way, you know, uh, quite a few years back. You know, do, does Paul see still see that? element of time and what it's done to the club does he still see that and is it still affecting the club oh good question i'm glad i'm coming on this one tonight um <laughs> but there was some there was some really uh been some ludicrous waste of yeah, speak to Adrian, yeah ludicrous waste of money and uh to the extent of like I, i'm led to believe that the club was hours away from literally folding until a local businessman come involved so i can see i can see the damage uh that bad investment and bad decisions and the, the desperate need to win you only have to look at leeds what they did to spend to get where they were and then they're fallen from grace but the, the, sad, the sad reality is that every i like we're all pretty level-headed on here talking tonight and i, I see the moral dilemma with whoever takes over United and both have got unbelievable money. I do think, I don't think they need a sugar daddy, I agree, but I do think they need an unbelievable amount of investment, the, the training facilities and everything. Like, I appreciate uh, Man City, the money might have come from um, a problem source, so to speak. But if you ever visit Manchester and see the, the development of that city from that money and what it's done for the local people, there has been good from it. And I think the other side of the city could do with an equal amount of investment, my honest opinion. However, I don't. I would prefer it not to come from uh, a country with a, a bad human rights record, really. That's my honest opinion. But I understand that most football fans, bar us five on here, if you ask the United fan, if they wanted someone who came in with billions and billions or just a few billion, they'd go for the exciting one. Because I think... Every fan at every other club, when Newcastle got taken over, absolutely disgusted. But the Newcastle fans seem to be all right with it. You know, when Man City's when Man City's thing happened, everyone seems to be all right with it in the end. In the same with the World Cup, I agree with you. I was devastated when the World Cup went there, but I have to admit, I loved it. 
So yeah. I'm a hypocrite. I'm a hypocrite myself if I yeah. try and pretend my social yeah. compass is great because I watched yes. the World Cup. I still enjoyed it. Same here. So um, I, I think it's going to be a problem because I think, it, as always, it will go to the biggest bidder. I do. So I think if uh, the Qatarians, however you say it, come in with unbelievable dough, I think the way it's run by the, the Glazer family, they'll see it as like they don't care what they get for it. They just want top exactly. dollar. That's what. They're, they're not. They're not. They're not yeah. interested in what in United moving forward. They haven't been interested in no. United now, so they're just going to take no. whoever gets them the most Have money. Seen... Doesn't matter what happens. Did you see the yeah. um, third option? Uh, I don't know how much truth there is in that, but the American well, hedge fund. The Glazers. Hmm. And, then, and then leaving the Glazers. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. What a horrendous thought yeah, that is. But double I mean, the, whammy. The whole thing, though, is it, it all it all hinges on them, doesn't it? Unfortunately, you know, us as supporters or even the club, you know, the board at the club, I don't think it, it's down to the Glazers at the end of the day. And if they want to take the Qatari money, they're going to take it, aren't they? But what, yeah. what's your well, honest yeah. thought then? Because you two are United fans, aren't you? Rick well, and Adrian, you're both yeah. United fans. What, yeah. what, what do you want? Well, I'd, so, I'd sooner see um, uh, Jim Ratcliffe buy it. Um, I think, uh, but it's not just it's, it's not just going to be Jim Ratcliffe's money, is it? Because I mean, there's talk no. about Lewis Hamilton no, no. involved and you know people like that as well. But I'd sooner see him have it because of the the fact that he's he's from Manchester. I mean, that, and and okay. what he's said so far sounds good to me. Well, what if I said it this way then? What if I said to you, if you take the Qatar in money, you win the Champions League three times in the next decade, you win the Premier League, you become the best team in Europe again, best team in the world, or you can take Radcliffe's money and be in the top four or five for the next ten years, what would you take <laughs> as a fan? Well, well, first of all, I probably won't be here for the next ten years. So uh, okay, from, good from, from that point of view... Um, it's a difficult one to answer, really. But, yeah, it's uh, difficult, isn't it? It's difficult. Yeah, I, I yeah. Agree, it's the sort of thing you've got to think of, though, isn't it? When you make your decision, it's, it is the sort of thing that should cross your mind when you make that decision. Because mm. that, that is the reality. Is you know, It's going to oh, be... Well, there's, an e there's an easier way or a more difficult way. Which well, route do you want to take? This, look at it this way. As a United supporter, the way that the club has been run since the Glazers came in, and don't forget, this whole issue goes back to... Uh, breeding rights on a horse, if that hadn't, that discussion mm. hadn't happened, then the Coolmore wouldn't have sold their shares to the Glazers and United would still be a PLC. So uh, Fergie's got to hold his hand up on that one. But the fact, the way United has been run for the last 10 years, to be perfectly honest with you, this season, it feels so nice to actually have a competitive team back that is run properly and run efficiently and yeah. I would rather continue that process. I mean, we've had 10 that's, years... That's down to hard work, isn't it? That's down to good old-fashioned yeah. yeah. hard yeah. work. You know, the ethos and a training it? and a mentality. This is, this is, this is the, the argument I've always, I've always yeah. thought about. As much as the City thing, I think it's quite tatty and hopefully they're going to get their comeuppance at the end of it. But if you were a genuine City fan and your club have been in and done that, and you know that you've won all these things, but you've only won it because somebody has come in and artificially propped you up. It's got to devalue, as nice as it is to win things, it's got to devalue it slightly. I do agree with that. I, I do, I I mean, I, 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 I know what you're saying. Yeah. I know what you're saying, I but I think at the end of the day, it's happened. Yeah. Sorry, go on, Paul. I mean, go on. They, 
No, sorry, I just could say I respect, I definitely respect what you say. I just think that 90% of the United fans, if they can sign Bellingham next summer, this summer, yeah. because they've got proper money, so to speak, yeah. I think that will be more exciting to them than doing it the United way, which I have full respect for, and I would much prefer all the British teams to do that. But there's so much money in the Premier League now with Chelsea, Newcastle, Man City, that it's like uh, the, the pressure for from the United fans for the best of everything will need the best amount of money. That's that's what I think. I don't think yeah. most United fans, I, I respect what you're saying and I, I I agree. I just don't know if the United fans would agree. Come, You know how some fans aren't the cleverest or bordering on idiotic? Their conversation in the pub after won't be, well, in fairness, I think we've done the right thing. We've got the local businessman in. We're still going to build the club. We're still going to do the best we can. Fundamentally, what wins football? What wins football matches are the best players, always, mm. and the, and that normally comes down to the biggest person. As romantic as it is to do it any other way, you might get success one year, like a Leicester, but it just catches up with you in the end. And, and every time, win. every time someone takes over a club, the first thing fans want to know is who we buy it. Yeah, every transfer window drives me insane. Yeah. Every yeah. media, who, who are you signing? Who are you signing? I'm not signing anyone. Why aren't you? Because I'm quite happy with what I've got. Well, you can get more players in. What? Oh, my God. They're obsessed. Fans are obsessed with signings. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, and luckily, Sky don't mention it ever with a little bar along the bottom for like fucking five weeks. Yeah. It's not like there's a countdown clock going for six months, is oh, it? Oh, mate. It drives me insane. I got interviewed at the end of a game a couple of weeks ago. The, that last game before the transfer window, it was just a woman from Sky, and she went, Oh, Paul, uh, just a couple of days left of the transfer window. You're going to do any business? So I sarcastically went, transfer window? Honestly, is there a transfer window? <laughs> you and Sky need to talk about it a bit more. You never mention it. Oh, my God, it drives you insane. <laughs> well, realistically, um, Paul, though, how many of the, with the, the recruitment, how many are you expecting to get through your academy? And what, what sort of money are we talking the academy cost uh, Derby County? A lot would be my answer. They're a, they're a um, level one, so they're in the same one as Man U, Liverpool, Everton and yeah. all that. So there's massive investment in that. I don't know the exact figure, but I would say a lot because the training ground and full-time staff at our training ground, I think there's about, about 100 odd people. Wow. And within the first team, there's probably only about right. you know, 15, 20. So the academy through all the age groups is a big thing. And it goes all the way to under-21s. But currently, in my first team team, I've got Erin uh, Cashin, centre-half, who came through the youth team. My left-back, uh, Sibley, through the youth team. My captain, Max Bird, youth team. Wow. Uh, and Jason Knight, uh, Irish international youth team. So uh, they've got players through. And eventually, I presume, they've all got like a year left on their contract. They might all get sold this summer. I don't know. However, because of the admin, and this is what's really sad for the academy, and it's going to take some time to rebuild, because of the admin, all the best players just come and got stolen for very little money. So, you know, for example, really? we had the best under 15. They came, someone came in and bought him for 20 grand, bought that for something, bought that. So we have had a lot of the talent taken out of the academy. So it's going to take, there's still some good players in there, don't get me wrong, but a lot has been like stolen because, the, you know, what, what was the problem with the um, admin? They just, just sold on properly. Yeah. 
the admin came about because they didn't have the money to pay the wages anymore. So uh, admin oh, comes sorry, in yeah, to run, yeah, to run the club. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. So comes in to run sorry. the club and the yeah, points it, deficit and all that. Yeah, Off sorry. Yeah, yeah I've got you. You know, I had, a, I had a chat with, obviously being from Bristol, and I, I had a chat with Lee Johnson uh, years ago when he was obviously at City, and I started chatting yeah. to him the academy and how it was sort of, not being run as such, but how they... Same say at Bristol City, they concentrate on like one or two of the best kids in each year, and they don't necessarily have the best players around, which is mad. Do you look at a Bristol? Because my son was coming through at twenty, and I wasn't talking about my son by the way. It wasn't me trying to promote my son. I want, but my son. I was watching the top league in Bristol and the North Premier League and all this type of stuff, and there were players around, and I started chatting to Lee about it, and he went, "Tom, let me stop you there." He said, "I won't be here in time to see all these lads come through." Do you know what I mean? And I was just kind of a bit like, oh. Like, surely this should mean a bit more. Do you know what yeah, I mean? It's a bit sad, isn't it? Yeah. Managers' jobs at the moment, Dave. You aren't going to be there. If that's a good point. Because no. well, you're yeah. not going to yeah. be there. Why invest no. in it if you're not going to reap the rewards of it at the end of it? Yeah. I mean, I, I do invest in it because I'm luckily I was at six years in my last job, so I would have reaped the rewards. And I had Ben yeah. Miles who came through. It was unbelievable for me. So... Uh, but I, I do, I do understand it. I mean, if as a manager, if, if, if you know, if I was managing in League One next year, and the owner said to me, "Look, Paul, I can either put three million pound into the into the academy, or I can put three million pound into your first team budget," Which it would one? be near on impossible and career suicide yeah. not to take the second yeah. one. That's the absolute yeah. truth. Yeah. Yeah. But that's yeah. why you need, and that's uh, alluding to a point earlier, Rick said. That's why you need good people at the top, though, because you yeah. can't let managers you can't let managers make all the decisions, and you can't yeah. let chief execs and chairman make all the decisions if if they can't be trusted. If that makes sense, so really yeah. for Derby County, there should be a good pot for the first team that always has the young players coming through. But to allow the young players to come through, they have to be financed by good coaches, good facilities, and everything else. So it has to be a balancing act. And I like yeah. to think that in a few years' time, like United, will get one of them seasons again where they can get a few through but it is becoming ever so difficult because the Premier League is just so high yeah. for a 17, 18, 19 year old to break into a first team in the Premier League through a youth team is yeah. pretty remarkable and, and gets seen less and less I think Instant results. Well, it's been good success for Derby though, that's, that's a good, that's a good um, percentage coming through for you isn't it? Yeah, that is a lot and in fairness they're not None of them are idiots. They're all very good. Like Cashin, if you get a chance to watch him, he, you see my goals from the weekend. He scored the second goal. He's like five foot ten as a centre half. He is absolute rocket. Like he can pass it any way. He's quick. He's strong in the air. And it's a little bit like the uh, Man United centre half they signed. He wasn't yeah. big, and everyone's yeah. And he's freaking unbelievable. But yeah. um, the two midfielders are good. Sibs is good. Uh, oh, another one, uh, Thompson, another midfielder, good. They've all played loads of games. If you actually look at how much it cost them to get them through and how much they'll yeah. eventually, unfortunately, get sold for, it's it's a really good model. But yeah, yeah. because of the the uh, inadequacies of the previous sort of regime, the admin has sort of ripped the soul out of the club a little bit. So it's all about rebuilding it and that's why yeah. I joined Derby really because I got sold the dream about like you can build a new culture you can build a club from into out and, and the new owner has been unbelievable and he loves the young lads getting the, and girls getting a chance to play for his club and he wants to keep that going but it does take a lot of investment because I can see how many people work there and it is about building the culture isn't it it's a huge word isn't it in, you know what it, in what it actually yeah. really means 
Paul, yeah. as a manager in, in um, League One now, you're, yeah. you're sat there and you're watching what goes on in football general. Um, what was your thoughts on the possibilities of um, Jesse March joining Southampton after less than a week, having just got the sack at uh, Leeds? I mean, to most people, that sort of sounds, you know, they've just got rid of Nathan uh, and they got, you know, Leeds have just got rid of Jesse March. Okay, Southampton, we'll have Jesse March then. To me, you know, it, it seems ludicrous. I don't know. What, what do you, how do you see that? Yeah, I've got a few sort of opinions around it, really. But one of them is that I, it amazes me how many clubs sack managers and don't have the one they want, like literally in the car park. Yeah. Because if, if, if like, I, I really enjoyed watching Leeds play, but obviously like the rest of us, you can see they're not picking up enough points. But I quite, I quite like Jesse Marsh. I yeah. he's doing a good job, although yeah. not winning. But if you're going to take him out and put in one of his like assistants, it doesn't make any sense. I, I, that that blows my mind. But then the same could be uh, levied at, at, at Southampton. So they let Nath go, and I appreciate that was that scene from the outside, uh, pressured a lot by the fans. It, that's what it looked like from what I was reading and that. And I understand it became an untenable position, but they must have realised that for two or three weeks and had someone lined up. Now, once you don't have anyone lined up, it just looks like they're in the bargain basement. That's what it looked like. But what I would say that the Premier League is not an easy league to manage in. It's, it's supposedly the hardest league in the world, whether it is or not, I don't know. And I know football's the same in every single place. But if you're asking a, a manager to come in, and even when the great managers from abroad come in, it takes them a bit of time to sort of get used to it. So I can see a bit of logic to them considering Jesse Marsh, but it does look like, wow, someone who's someone who's doing as bad as you and you're taking their manager doesn't look a positive step. But I do get a little bit of logic because if he'd have just took it to the end of the season with a big bonus if they stayed up, he might have had a quicker effect than anyone else who hasn't managed in the Premier League. Yeah, but I mean, That's what it, I think, it, it comes on the same sort of tack, really. I mean, so what about Chelsea now? I mean, look, they've gone two wins out of fourteen, is it? I think under they're saying on talk, on talk sports more than that. Nathan Jones had a better got, got a better win ratio with Southampton and Potter has at Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. And he's been. I don't know if you remember when we when we were discussing because I was on the podcast when Nathan was getting offered a Southampton job. Mm. I don't know if you remember it, and I said he is mad to take that job, absolutely mad because although and you were all like, "Oh, it's the Premier League," and I said, "Yeah, it's the Premier League." Look at the squad. Where is he going to be in four or five months' time? Okay, mm. Go back to that podcast. It was a ludicrous Rich. for me personally. It was a ludicrous move to make. Ludicrous. He was never going to be in that but job if for you, long. Okay, but the other side of the coin, I, I, I don't disagree, but the other side of the coin is if he is never going to get Luton to the Premier League and if, yeah, yeah. because they got in the playoffs last year, if he didn't get in the playoffs this year, knowing how football it is, the fans would want him out of Luton. So yeah. potentially, if he didn't have another successful season at Luton, he could be out of work completely. Whereas well, a Premier off. League club are coming in and offering him, I don't know, £10 million a year to manage their yeah, club. Yeah. And he, he, he has really good belief in himself. He's probably thinking yeah, about to get the I best out that. of him. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I knew that. And that's kind of why I knew he would take the job. Um, but like I said, for me, with what happened at Stoke and then going back to Luton, like for argument's sake, if you want to manage for 
20 years or management career of good 20 years or, or more. Um, yeah. He should have probably stayed at Luton um, for me. And I know it's, to me, it was a logical decision. I understand this to yeah. Premier League. I understand there's Megan and I understand he would back himself. But for me, they're, they were at the bottom for a reason. I know the bad thing is they go beat Chelsea at the weekend 1-0. So none of it makes yeah. sense. Um, but it was but a yeah, bit against the run of play, though, wasn't it? Wow, Chelsea could have scored yeah. six. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But, but like I said, it's, that's, that's, that was just my opinion at the time. I don't mean to go back on it, but it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's such a harsh world. I mean, God bless you, Paul, you're in it, but harsh world yeah. management is, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's so cutthroat. And there's a million good managers out there that ain't got a job and, and won't get a job. But yeah, it's, um, it's, and it's so hard down there because three are going to go down and, you know, they're yeah. all, they're all decent teams. They're all decent clubs. Jesus. But, but then, then again, the weekend, at the weekend, Nathan made his debut for his new team yeah. And, uh, yeah. and he scored. So it was the last laugh there. Was that actually I, him? I looked at the picture yeah. and I'm thinking, that is definitely him, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, so he's, he's scored with his right foot. Debut. I don't know how long was it was. Foot. Foot. Left foot. There was a stat saying that's the first time in about 20... I don't know how long it was, but all three of the bottom Premier League teams all won. First time in God knows how long. But Paul, going back to the to the Southampton thing, I mean, presumably, I mean, Nathan will be all right if he signed a contract, won't he? I mean, he'll get he'll get. Uh, um, Ooh, he'll be all right. Don't worry about Nate. I think he's banged yeah. If you're a pound, if you're a pound behind Nate, you're having a good yeah. life. Don't worry about it. I think you'll get... Yeah, yeah. Normally, so, the managers, just, they just carry on with their contract, don't they? Just carry on paying pay them. Pay the they won't, you won't get a full pay-up. Your, your contract... Yeah. Say, for example, Nate signed a four-year. If he's very lucky, got a two-year pay-off. If he's very lucky. A year is the norm, but if they headhunted him from Luton and paid a lot, then he'd probably get a lot more than a year. But yeah. you never it, get it, every penny. In American yeah. sport, you do. If the NFL, you sign a five-year... £80 million coaching contract and you get sacked, you get every penny. Yeah. Unfortunately, I can't coach NFL. But if I, could, I won't I'd say the figures, but I remember, <laughs> again, I remember when, when um, Lee Johnson was at City, he was saying that um, I think Swansea, and Swansea were showing an interest in him. So, so um, Steve Lansdowne came to him and said, oh, we want to sign you on a new deal. Um, we want to up, we want to up your deal. If if someone comes in for you, we could charge. I think they wanted yeah. two million. If someone come in for him, they wanted two million. So then that was when Lee said, "Well, if if you want that, then I want more. If you get rid of me, yeah, so yeah. he negotiated his deal, but they had to pay him if 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 they sacked him. Um, yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd be very surprised to know this that a lot of. Uh, Managers get their agents to link themselves to jobs, so they have their conversations. How surprising! I mean, it's hard to believe. I yeah, know it's yeah. hard to believe. Isn't it? But listen, chaps, I'm sure every, every time there's a job available, if you see the same names linked at the top of every Alan job, Alan Purvisley, Sam Allardyce has got yeah. hell of an agent. Yeah, listen, yeah. listen, chaps, we've run out of time. I'm afraid, so it's been really good of you to come on uh, again, and uh, we appreciate it. So, uh, thank you, Rick. Speak to you soon. Thanks, Paul. No props. And uh, thanks, oh, yeah. Thorpey. No worries. And uh, no Tom, pleasure. thank you very much. And um, good luck again. Yeah. Good luck. Paul. Good, good luck the weekend, Warney. Yeah. Keep, thanks, keep it going, mate. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening to Football Bloody Hell. <laughs>